0: All right, brother, start cleaning those tires up. Green this time. Remember, they fan out down there to protect that bottom. A Sunday drive. Five, all right. these cars off. Be ready. Yeah, be ready. Gas that bitch ready, up. ready ready? Green flag. Green, green, green. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition or episode of the Inside Pass. I'm Tom Baker, coming to you live from the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. Randy Miller, who usually hosts this show, has today off. Um, And uh, look forward to having Randy back in the studio next week. Uh, But uh, we've got a, well, we've got a fun show. Uh, Jesse Little actually going to join us in a little bit via our hotline. Uh, Jesse... Of course, uh, driving currently for JD Motorsports in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. But uh, uh, he's done quite a lot with uh, the truck series and a couple of starts and cup and, and uh, some other things as well. Second generation racer, um, just a, a young man who's uh, very humble and uh, a lot of fun to talk with and to hang with and to uh, to go racing with. So Jesse's going to be joining us here as uh, we come up on championship weekend next week. Hard to believe that uh, it is championship weekend, but it is. Uh, but we're not going to Homestead this time. We're going to Phoenix for championship weekend. So we're going to uh, look back, obviously, this at this past weekend's races. We're going to tell you who made the final four and all of that. So, uh... Uh, you can feel free to give us a call if you'd like on our studio line, 704 1400 1400 if you'd like to talk racing with us. Uh, I think we may have uh, Jesse Little on the line. So we'll uh, go to the hotline. Uh, is this you, Jesse Little? Yes, sir. How's it going, Tom? Hey, it's going great, Jesse. It's uh, great to talk with you again. Always fun. Been way too long since we've chatted with you on one of our Race Chaser shows. So uh, happy to have you on the Inside Pass today. Tell us, uh, from your perspective, um, obviously it's been a really crazy 2020. How has your season gone with JD Motorsports?
1: Yeah, I think like everyone, it's, uh, it's it was a unique challenge at the beginning of the summer to... Um, you know, kind of be thrust into that kind of schedule of, of a races, number of races and, and the quick time we did it. Um, it was uh, a lot of uh, quick adapting and, and learning as you go. Um, a lot of the tracks, you know, I saw for the first time were under pace laps right before the green flag. So um, it definitely uh, was a different kind of circumstances this year. But all in all, we, uh, you know, I felt like we as a team did a really good job of of uh adapting to it and not only myself but the entire Xfinity field and I think everyone would agree trucks Xfinity up everyone's handled it really well and still put on good races for the fans um you know it kind of shows us that at the end of the day we're we're uh you know we're all at this level because we deserve to be and we can put on good shows for everyone so I've been happy with how our, how our year has gone on it's We've had good runs, we've had bad runs, and, and I think the most important thing is I've learned a lot and grown a lot as as a driver both uh, on and off the track. So it's uh, it's 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 fun. Um, it's been fun to, to get to this point in the year and and having one left is, is a different, it's, you know, it's an interesting kind of feeling. It's, you're a little excited to be able to uh, wind down and focus on some of the other things. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm kind of like, hey, I, I feel like, I could do another 33 races, so it's uh, it's fun and looking forward to closing out this weekend strong. But um, yeah, to answer your question real quick, I just think it's, it's been a good year for me. Learned everything I wanted to, and and had a lot of takeaways.
0: Well, I'm a huge fan of uh, JD Motorsports, and uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Johnny Davis and and the uh, the group that he's put together there. Um, they can get more out of a dollar than anyone else I've seen in the sport, honestly. And, uh, I'm curious, how did it come together for you to go racing with JD to begin with?
1: Yeah. So about, uh, this time last year, um, October, September, October, you know, I, I, uh, kind of made the decision, my uncle and I made the decision that we wanted to sell the truck team and kind of, uh, close that chapter of our, uh, racing story. And, um about that time you know i wanted to do something uh pretty serious in the sense of pursuing you know racing at the next level and for me that was uh you know the xfinity series and so i began talking and um johnny was one of the first ones on my list as far as you know um being being the most bang for my buck and and being able to uh you know to get like you said to get the most out of the equipment um i had a lot of respect for him as well and and there, you know, there wasn't a lot of paths for me to take that, um, you know, that would have given me the same opportunity. If that makes sense, sure. I couldn't have, I couldn't have gone to an RCR or you know a Gibbs and, and been able to afford the the big sponsor rides that uh, they have. And so Johnny was high on my list, and after talking, I quickly realized that that's where I wanted to be, and and uh, we were able to make it happen. So I've been nothing but very appreciative of his support and and everything I've learned from him this year. It's, uh, you know, he's a very, very smart guy and a very honest man. It kind of uh, has taught me a lot to, taught me a lot of how to, you know, handle myself as I uh, continue with my career.
0: Can you can you kind of give us a few specifics? Uh, obviously, you know, not some that are trade secrets, but can you give us an idea of some of the things that you have learned from Johnny and that this year has taught you? Uh, I think fans would be interested to kind of, Get a glimpse inside of um, you know your maturation process and just the the way that you've been picking up knowledge in in what has been obviously a very unusual year. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, uh, absolutely. You know, with him, probably the biggest takeaways I have. Um, you know, he was he's helped me quite a bit with uh, being a you know being a team leader and being someone that um, you know in the racing environment. Your your uh, the lead, as a driver, you're the leader, and and so he's helped me kind of realize uh, in certain situations, you know how to talk to people and how to get the most out of people. Um, you know, he's talked. He, he's he's helped me learn that, you know, in certain events, whether it's you know you get wrecked or or uh, um, you know so you get a penalty and something doesn't go your way, it's it's the uh, most important. The most important part is how you react to those events and rather than, you know, what just happened. So, um, you know, I had an incident with Joe Graff Jr. out on the track at Kansas, and he was very quick to, you know, remind me to see the big picture and, and handling it appropriately would pay dividends in the future. And so little things like that that I'll uh, certainly be able to take, take away with me for, for a long time.
0: Yeah, he's been around for for obviously uh, uh, quite a while, and I think one of probably one of the longest running, if not the longest running, uh, continuous owner in the uh, Xfinity Garage. Um, and I'm sure that being able to uh, not only spend time with him, but also you've got a whole host of other drivers there that you can be resources for you as well. How much do you guys, as a group, Uh, spend time together and share information and try to help each other
1: yeah we spend a lot of time uh, I think especially with COVID and everything that's happened to the schedule we spend a lot of time talking about the upcoming weeks and you know it's uh, it was crucial there at a lot of the races that um, that I hadn't been to so I leaned heavily on my teammates and and uh, the crew chiefs at the shop and it's nice that you know, it's nice to be a part of a four-team organization where there's so much information flowing yeah. and coming in um, that you have a lot of different, uh, you know, different outlooks and, and opinions on things and different ways of seeing, uh, you know, how to approach a racetrack or how to approach a situation. So it's been nice to be able to work with all of them and talk with all of them and, and uh, lean, you know, be able to lean a lot on my teams like Jeffrey and BJ who have hundreds of more laps at these tracks than I do, so um it's it's been helpful just as much to me as I'm sure it has to them
0: it's uh it's interesting for me just kind of from the outside looking in the the group that you have because you've got as you said you've got drivers um you know who have had hundreds of laps of experience and yet uh, there's also drivers like yourself who are really experienced in trucks, for example, but not necessarily in Xfinity. And then you got some, some new guys like uh, Colby Howard coming in this year and uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, and Ryan Vargas and, and, um, and yet I feel like in a lot of ways, I don't know all of you, but I know enough of you and I feel like there's a lot of synergy, even in the work ethic and the personality among you, um, that it must really be an interesting and uh, and fun situation as well to uh, be able to, to interact with those guys.
1: Yeah, we all bring something different to the table and I think it makes it a very fun and healthy dynamic um you know we're all all obviously competitive and and are at different points in our career and so it's you know you mesh those all together and and like you said it creates a good synergy with us and and uh you know forces us to kind of bring our a game internally um and and be able to bring the most to the table that we can as drivers because we're all trying to get the equipment better and sure and get the most out of it and you know, elevating our performances is just as important as drivers as it is to elevate in the car's performance. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and I think we all feed, feed well off each other and are able to uh, bounce off, you know, especially at uh, tracks where we can work together like the Speedway. So it, it's been fun in that aspect this year, and, and uh, I look forward to doing it one more weekend this week in uh,
0: Phoenix. What has been the biggest adjustment for you this year. And I, and I want to make this a two part question, biggest adjustment to the Xfinity cars and the situation there, but also what's been the biggest adjustment uh, or the most difficult part of kind of dealing with the whole COVID piece of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are good questions. Uh, The first one for me, um, I kind of realized quickly on and, and that was uh, just dealing with the dynamic of the team um, my entire leading up to this year, you know, I had I had ran the truck team and been a part of it, and and worked in the shop every day, and and gone to the racetrack, and hired guys and fired guys, and yeah. worked with crew chiefs, and so I was a part of, you know, I was so a part of that, and and essentially in charge to a point, and, and coming into here, you know, I I realized quickly that, you know, I was pretty much just the driver, and and I had to find that I best to do my job best you know i had to rely on all those people outside of outside of the race car and you know i learned that uh, i think that was the quickest adjustment for me was learning that you know i now needed to focus on just driving the race cars and sure. and delivering them my best um, product every weekend rather than having to worry about all the um, intangibles that i was at our truck team so that was a, that was the biggest adjustment for me pre- and post COVID, um, and then the the big thing, I think during um, the pandemic and once we got back racing, uh, was just the the approach um, on race days. You know, prior to the pandemic, we'd have practice, we'd have qualifying, and you know, get to spend quite a few laps, um, even at places I hadn't been to. And so now, now at places now post COVID, going to the race tracks where I had no laps at. Um, it was crucial that I did my homework prior um, during that week. I watched film. I, you know, got on onboards. I spent you know plenty of time on i racing and and you know you could almost make the argument there's no such thing as as over um, as overworking or, or or you know studying too much. And so it was just a matter of going to the race tracks that I knew were going to be challenging for me. Um, I had to put in a lot of time before.
0: Makes perfect sense. Uh, we're going to ask you uh, to hang on for just a moment. We're going to put you back into the wonderful land of hold. While we take a break, we'll be back uh, with more of Jesse Little and more of the Inside Pass right after this on WSIC. Great, man. This is Chris Wright. Thanks
1: for listening to these guys. Man, what's some great radio host. you listen to the Inside Inside Pass.
0: Welcome back to the Inside Pass. Tom Baker here. Randy Miller not here today. So you have half of the dynamic duo for uh, today's show. Randy will be back next week. And uh, we've got Jesse Little with us. Um, And Jesse, of course, driving for JD Motorsports this year in NASCAR's Xfinity Series and getting ready to go to Phoenix. And uh, Jesse, I know that this has been a really bizarre season. It sort of started, then stopped for a while, and then has been um, just insanity for the last uh, number of months here. And now it comes down to one more race at Phoenix. First of all, uh, what are you doing this week to prepare for Phoenix? And uh, talk a little bit about what you're expecting out of this coming weekend's race.
1: Yeah, for Phoenix, it's uh, you know it's a racetrack I've put in the category of one that I've, I've had laps at. Um, I was lucky enough to even race there. Pre-COVID, so um, our second, or I believe it was our third race of the year, or so or fourth race of the year. So uh, I've even been there in an Xfinity car, so that's nice. I have notes to rely on. Um, kind of what my weekly routine has been is is um, you know when it comes to focusing on the on the race coming up, I'll I'll spend time. I'll watch the races prior, um, so I'll watch the Xfinity race from from back in March there. Um, I'll I'll uh, meet with i go meet with the guys at the shop and discuss our post notes from from the week. So I'll make sure that we're improving our setup and and we're lucky that we had notes from that race as far as what to improve and make better. Um, so we'll discuss that and then I'll probably you know get get familiar on iRacing with with the track once again before I leave and and uh, not having practice. You know it's important to to be aggressive early and and fire off as quick as we can. So. Um, you know, I think, I think in different in, in, uh, any other time other than COVID it'd be different as far as, you know, the last race of the year, um, having friends and family there and partners and sponsors, but for us, it'll, it'll kind of be a little, uh, unfortunate we can't have everyone there, but we'll still enjoy ourselves and go, go try to finish on, uh, as high of a note as we can
0: yeah it's definitely uh it, it feels like we just got back started again and all of a sudden it's it's about to be over so uh I feel like this this sort of second part of the season has gone by in a flurry you've had a couple of top ten runs uh this year top ten finishes at uh Pocono um and uh, Daytona as well um it's uh it, it's obviously a much different situation going to a a track like Phoenix than it would be if we were going to Homestead at the end of the year. Um, And I feel like with this being the championship race, does it change the way you drive the race because it is the championship race and there's four drivers focused on, you know, and obviously going and winning a championship? Does that have any effect at all on how you do what you do or is it basically just... I'm racing myself, the racetrack, and those closest to me in points.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, you're certainly uh, how I look at it is, um, I'm, you know, I'm out there just to win like everyone else, and right, and someone, and someone's got to win it. So you never know the situation, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I want guys to respect me. And being a rookie, it's important that I, I earn their trust because I, I, you know, I hope to be racing with a lot of these guys for a long time to come. So I'm going to uh, respect the. The championship for and make sure that um i give them the the courtesy when when i am around them um you know i won't i won't put a hinder at our performance because of that but i'll be aware for sure
0: yeah it's it's uh, it's gotta be crazy out there in a situation even this last round really uh Just you know, coming off Martinsville, a short track, and now going to Phoenix, which is really, I feel like, it's just a bigger short track, right? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's still a very uh, different track, and drivers using all of the racetrack, going down, you know, way down on the apron, coming back up. The kind of slide job um, mentality plays into that as well. So I'm sure it's got to be crazy for you now. I think most people realize that you're second generation in. And uh, realize, you know, Chad is, is your dad. Um, how much is he still able to help or mentor or guide you in your current career? Because uh, I know it's obviously been a good while since he's been out of the seat. Is he still able to kind of be engaged to be a part of that? Or how much of a part is he currently in what you're doing?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. I love uh, answering that question because Um, it's important people know he's, he's very much uh, involved with, with my career. And what I like to tell people is, um, you know, it, it, it hasn't been, he hasn't been involved as far as the on-track stuff in a long, long time. Um, you know, when I started off racing, it was, it was a lot of, uh, discussions with him about, you know, the actual driving aspect, but for a while he's, he's, uh, given me room and letting me, you know, kind of learn and and experience that on my own because he's aware of the, you know, the fact that the cars have changed so much since he since he drove, and the racing itself has changed so much. So he gives me uh, the freedom there. But he's he's the biggest help on everything outside the racetrack, um, how to carry myself, how to you know build my brand, how to navigate the the network of the garage and sponsors and partners and and you know business managers and kind of really all of his knowledge he gained um, outside of the seat, I've been lucky enough to, lucky enough to reap those benefits.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, I've never had the pleasure of meeting him, but uh, everyone that I've talked to that knows him just talks about him being a great guy. And uh, he and your mom raised you well, you're uh, you're very professional and we always uh, have enjoyed having conversation with you. Um, I know that you know, it's it's we're coming to the last race, but uh, not too early to think about next year. Do you have your plans set for next year? or Do you know what you're going to be doing in 2021?
1: Uh, well, nothing's signed yet, but I certainly uh, look forward to hopefully racing, returning to the Xfinity Series full time. That's my goal, and um, I'm I'm uh, hopeful of that right now, and I think it's it's uh, looking pretty optimistic. So we'll uh, continue to to be aggressive and and try to try to make that happen as quick as we can um that's that's my goal as of now but uh you know at the same time hey anything can happen and and uh um the door's always open to to doing uh, something else in a different series if the better opportunity presents itself so i'm more so looking forward to just trying to uh finish this weekend strong and then and then uh you know doing what i think will benefit me the most to gain experience and knowledge and and position myself to hopefully be in a good spot in two or three more years.
0: Other than obviously cup which i know is your goal um is there a different type of racing that kind of would be a bucket list uh thing for you that you'd like to try or do uh if you could are there other forms of racing that would interest you if you had the chance to do them not necessarily full-time but you know uh, on a on a part-time or a one-off kind of thing is what's on your bucket list
1: yeah i've uh i've always had a tremendous amount of interest in that and the dirt racing world, uh, specifically ah. dirt late, mo- yeah, dirt late models. I think um, I've only ever been behind the wheel of uh, of one during a test, and I fell in love with it. And you know, I love the I love kind of the the mentality and and the actual um, you know personality of dirt racing in itself, as far as you know, running Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and, and traveling to different tracks, and and kind of the the hardcore outlaw side of things um i think that that's always kind of uh interest me and and something oh. that maybe yeah something that maybe one day i could uh, i'd love to hang my hat on running a couple races i think that those guys are some of the best in the world and as far as uh car control and and uh ability to adapt quickly to situations so it certainly would be fun to check off uh, i would say that's probably on the top of my list um I'm not good enough to do any open wheel road course racing or something like that. So <laughs> my options are limited.
0: Well, uh, that, that would be fun to see you in a dirt car. If there are any dirt <laughs> teams listening out there that, uh, have a spare car, um, let us know and we'll uh, get you hooked up with Jesse. Maybe, uh, maybe we can get you on board for a race or two in the future with that, uh, well, before we get to a little bit of rapid fire here, which is always fun for us to do, I want to give you a chance to acknowledge anyone and everyone who helps you make your racing happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's, uh, it's the most important list of of my supporters and partners. And, you know, I've been blessed to have some, uh, some really great people that have stuck with me throughout the years and, and also some ones that have come on board this year that I'm looking forward to, uh, continuing our relationship with, um, uh, Chad and Lisa Compline at Scotteltye—they've been with me for a couple of years. They were on board for the Speedway races, so that was really cool to have them this year. Uh, Mike and Nikki Case with Tough Call Flooring—they've been a huge help, help and supporters of mine. And, and then uh, a lot of our a lot of our associate partners that that I'm looking forward to continuing with in the future. With Shriners Hospitals for Children, we were able to do a great fundraiser with them this year and awesome. raise a lot of raise a lot of money for a good cause. So that was nice. And Visit Kingsport, um, a town that uh, is near and dear to my heart and, and close to the Bristol area, so it's always fun to go to that race. But um, all, all of those partners have uh, allowed me to, to, do, to uh, get to this point and do what I love to do every day, so we wouldn't be here without them.
0: Okay, so with that being said, uh, let's do a little rapid fire here and uh, get to know you a little bit better. Again, what we want here is the first thing that comes to your mind, okay, when we uh, throw these questions out. First question is, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? The uh,
1: best piece of advice I've ever been given? Um, you know, I'd probably say it came from my mom and it was are gonna be stupid you gotta be tough
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like the phrasing of that um yeah. okay if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be
1: hey that's a good one um one thing about myself what would it be uh probably wish I was taller. That's an easy one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> if, if there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on it?
1: Oh, That's a good one. Um, I'm a classic guy. It's a uh, uh, BL, BLT all the way, bacon, lettuce, tomato.
0: There you go. I like the bacon and the lettuce part. Not crazy about tomatoes, though. Okay. Um, next one. If you had to delete all but three apps for your smartphone, if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? Um,
1: for sure, Twitter, definitely, uh, definitely, for sure, Twitter, definitely, Instagram, and trying to think of a third one that isn't a social media probably uh youtube i gotta have those three i'm a millennial so
0: (laughs) exactly i hear you okay if you could be guaranteed one thing in life besides money what would it be
1: time always time
0: yeah for sure okay we could all use a little more time in the last one what (laughs) is your guilty pleasure and remember this is a family show
1: yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Probably uh, ice cream. I'm a sucker for ice cream. What any, flavor? Any, uh, uh, Mainly chocolate. There you go. Mainly chocolate.
0: I'm yeah. with you on that one. Uh,
1: yeah. ch- chocolate all the way on that one.
0: Okay, Jesse, it has been fun to have you on uh, the Inside Pass this week and uh, look forward, hopefully, to uh, getting you into the studio here in Statesville at WSIC to uh, do a show sometime in the off season and have a little more fun with uh, our larger gang here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate the time, Tom and, As always, I look forward to talking with you again.
0: Jesse Little, JD Motorsports, is the team he races for, and uh, you'll see him on the track at Phoenix this coming. Well, today, actually, as this show airs, uh, we'll be back with uh, more of the Inside Pass here on WSIC right after this.
1: and you're listening to the Inside Pass.
0: Welcome back to the Inside Pass. Of course, if you're watching us live on our live stream, it is Monday. However, if you are listening to us on uh, the WSIC family of radio stations here in the Charlotte Lake Norman area or on WSICFM.com around the world, then it is Saturday. We actually record these shows uh, earlier in the week for the, uh, for the weekend. And uh, so if, if you hear me refer to something as being today, like I did the Xfinity race, don't get confused. There's not a Monday Xfinity race. Uh, it's actually happening on Saturday as the show airs in its proper time slot at 9 a.m. Eastern, right before Lenny Baticki and PRNs at the track. It is the 90-minute horsepower hour You're on WSIC every Saturday, beginning with this show at 9 a.m., and we hope that you enjoy it. Uh, it been good to talk to Jesse a little, but uh, Jesse had some other things to take care of. Here this afternoon, so we uh, wanted to let him get on to all of that. And we're going to talk about Championship 4 because we have three divisions worth here. And uh, Martinsville, in my opinion, I'd love to hear yours if you do want to call the studio, 704-873-1400 but only for those listening to the live stream. If it's Saturday, don't call us because the show will be live. Um, but 703, uh, 704-873-1400, if any of you watching the live stream would like to uh, call us and talk to us about your thoughts about Martinsville. But I think it's the perfect cutoff race. I think it proved itself um, the uh, all, the entire weekend long. Starting with the trucks, Grand M. Finger picking up the win and becomes part of of the championship four uh, for the trucks. And, uh, again, um, what a race. I mean, you end finger road, Smith, Eckes, and Crafton at the end, your top five, and some great runs behind them. Stuart Friesen, a nice run for P6. Danny Bone doing a tremendous job with On Point Motorsports, for a seventh place finish, Sheldon Creed, Austin Wayne self, two straight top tens for that young man um, in the 22 truck finishes ninth and Derek Kraus rounding out the top ten. And again, if you you look at the championship four in the truck series, um, you've got an interesting mix as far as I'm concerned uh, for these guys to To go at it with. Uh, and I, I have said all along on all of our race chaser shows, don't fall asleep on Zane Smith. Don't underestimate the rookie. Well, the rookie did a great job at Martinsville, a track. He'd never seen before he showed up there for this race on uh, Friday night and ended up picking up a nice run, nice top five finish, puts him into the final four, um, he and and at this point, honestly, uh it's just winner take all. So the question becomes: can Zane Smith go to Phoenix and beat Sheldon Creed, Grant Mfinger, and Brett Moffitt? Now, in that three group of three drivers, Enfinger's been he's been a veteran for a while. Brett Moffat has won a championship. He's been a A veteran driver, Cup Rookie of the Year, and Sheldon Creed in year two in the truck has made tremendous improvements, smoothed his driving style out a lot. Um, This is going to be a tough road to hoe for Zane Smith, but his track record at Phoenix in other divisions is spectacular, and he loves that track. So um, I'm going to say that, uh, of course, again, by the time this show airs, Uh, We'll already know who's going to win the championship, but I'm going to tell you that uh, Zane Smith has as good a shot as anybody in the uh, truck series to pick up a championship in his rookie year. He has announced he will come back for a second year with GMS. And, you know, again, there's an outfit. You've got four drivers in the uh, final four and three of them. Our GMS racing drivers. So um, it goes to show you what a powerful truck organization that is. Uh, and really, Tyler Ankrum, I feel like, who is also coming back next year, Tyler could just as easily have been in. Um, you know, it it was like that team just took a little too long to uh, start to gel. And I feel like Tyler is going to be a, a definite championship contender next year. With GMS, he just needed a year to kind of get uh, things put together with his new crew chief, and it, it took again took a little longer than um, than what they might have expected, but still a good year for him. Just looking at the standings, your final four again: Sheldon Creed, Grant Emfinger, Brett Moffat, and Zane Smith, and then behind him, you uh, you look at the rest of the top ten. And you've got Matt Crafton, a a veteran who just missed. Remember, last year, he didn't win a single race until the championship race. He got in on points and was able to be good enough to just keep pointing his way through, got to the championship race at Homestead and won it and uh, picked up the title. Um, Matt just missing this year. That's how razor thin the line is. When we get down to the final four, Austin Hill. Christian Eckes, who I feel like, again, if he's back at Kyle Busch Motorsports next year, that's going to be a young man to watch for in this series. Um, ben Rhodes finishing, uh, or currently sitting, I should say, in eighth in points. Tyler Ankrum, there he is in ninth. And here's another driver, Todd Golan. Now, we don't, I don't think we know for sure what his plans are for next year, but if he comes back for another year in the same truck with front row, uh, I think Todd Gilliland again, bona fide championship contender, uh, rounding out the ten spot, and and he had a shot at it. Uh, you know, of course, uh, he and Ben Rhodes getting together last week, um, and and that was a situation where I feel like had that not happened, Gilliland may have been in a position to end up advancing. But uh, so you've got Creed, M Finger, Moffitt, and Smith all going for the title at Phoenix this weekend in the truck series. And that should be really something to uh, to watch because I am sure that nobody is going to spare themselves uh, even a little bit of aggression <laughs> this coming weekend. And don't forget the other trucks are still racing too, and they want to win just as bad as the, uh, the, the final four for the championship. So you're going to have really a race within a race. And I think, Um, I almost feel like whoever is going to win the championship is probably going to have to be in the top two in the race in order to do it. Um, We move to the Xfinity Series. Harrison Burton breaking his father's record. Now the youngest driver to ever win a race at Martinsville. Harrison with his second win in a row. uh, And he is cooking right now going into Phoenix. He's not in contention for the championship. But again, not going to stop him from chasing a win. Justin Allgaier, Noah Gregson, Jeb Burton with a nice run, and Ross Chastain rounding out the top five. And then behind them, you had Riley Herbst, Chase Briscoe, Michael Annette, Brandon Jones, and Austin Sindrick. Now, nobody's saying a lot about Riley Herbst's plans for 2021. Just keep your eye on that situation. Could be interesting. Uh, Looking at the, the final four, for the Xfinity Series again. I mean, I think we kind of had a sense a few weeks ago of who was who. Who three of them were going to be. Uh, it was just a question of who was going to take the four seed. Um, you knew obviously Chase Briscoe was going to be in. Austin Cedric was going to be in. Justin Haley. Surprising a lot of people, not me. Again, much like with Zane Smith in the Truck Series, I keep telling people, don't fall asleep on Justin Haley. Um, he's in; he's the three seed right now. Justin Allgaier gets in at uh, the second seed. Of course, uh, that matters little. It's it's everybody starts at zero, and, and it's it's uh, highest finisher of the four take all. So when you look at the Xfinity Series again. I think you could throw a blanket over these guys. People underestimate Justin Haley, which he loves that. Um, He's nicknamed himself Dark Horse. And, you know, I think he functions very well in that sort of environment where, you know, everybody pays attention to everybody else but him, and then all of a sudden you get to the end of a race, and there's Justin Haley in the top five, or he's winning or running for a win. And uh, I really... (laughs) I really feel like this is going to be, uh, you you know, at this point, you get to Phoenix. And I think what Justin has to do is do exactly what he's been doing the entire playoff run. And that is just keep doing his thing and not pay attention so much to the size of the stage. Um, He's probably arguably the biggest underdog in this. Um, he's got three stage wins on the year compared to Briscoe and Allgaier with 12 and Cindric with 10. So I feel like Justin Haley's probably the biggest underdog, but that also may make him the most dangerous here because, again, nobody's going to be paying a whole lot of attention to him. Everybody's going to be focused on Briscoe and Cindric, and even Allgaier, who runs very well uh, at, at Phoenix. I feel like this could come down to a top four. Um, And yet, you're going to have guys behind him, Noah Gregson, Ross Chastain, who are, I mean, Gregson has done everything but win for the last few weeks. Um, And Noah's going to want to get out of this year on a high note. And, of course, so is Ross Chastain because Gregson's got two wins so far this year. Chastain's still a goose egg. So I feel like Ross is... Again, he—they're he, running for wins too, and Ross is on his way to Cup in 2021 with Chip Ganassi. That's not going to stop him from wanting to get out of Phoenix with a win for College Racing. And also, keep your eye on what may happen. You know, we—we we had some controversy in yesterday's Cup race with uh, Denny Hamlin and Eric Jones, teammates for JGR, and whether or not JGR told Eric not to pass his teammate. Of course, Denny uh, trying to advance to the Final Four, which he did. We'll talk about Cup in the next segment. But uh, I feel like this could be an interesting scenario as well with Ross Chastain and Justin Haley. Ross has not always been the best teammate. So if it got into a position of... For example, the two of them being first and second, you know, how does that work out if Justin's leading and Ross is second and he has a chance to make the pass in the last lap? Or if, if somehow, um, you know, Ross needs to be a teammate, so to speak? I mean, everybody can complain about blocking or, or protecting a teammate all they want. But when you've got a multi car team, it's going to happen. There's just no way of NASCAR truly legislating that. I uh, saw this morning that they are going to review the ins- the situation between uh, Jones and Hamlin. Again, we'll get to that next segment, but uh, I, I don't know what you do about it. I don't know how you prove that Eric Jones purposefully did not pass Denny. He looked to me like he was racing him awful hard, uh, at least until the last 10 laps or so. And then, I, I don't know, it, to me, it, it just looked like Eric kind of fell off a little bit. Um but who knows? I mean, that's you get into all of that. I don't know how you, as a sanctioning body, and how you legislate uh, team orders, kind of thing. But uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, Briscoe, Alguer, Haley, and Syndrich going at it uh, for the Xfinity Championship. We'll be back to talk about what's going to happen with Sunday's final cup race and who the championship contenders are in that. When Inside Pass continues on WSIC.
1: And you're listening to the best guys on the radio, The Inside Pass.
0: Welcome back to The Inside Pass here on WSIC's family of radio stations and WSICFM.com. And of course, if you miss any part of this show or any of our Race Chaser radio shows, you can listen to them on demand anytime, day or night. Uh whatever is is good for you just uh, go to your favorite podcast platform whether it's Spotify Apple Google Amazon TuneIn, wherever it may be and it's three words race chaser radio and give us a follow that way you'll always know when uh, new shows go up and uh, we will we make these shows available the inside pass show is available um the uh the next day after it airs so uh feel free to go to race chaser radio on your favorite Spotify platform or favorite uh, platform, whether it might be Spotify or wherever. Uh, But uh, wherever you get your music and podcasts from just search race chaser radio and we should be there. And we would look forward to uh, having you as a part of our race chaser family. We do five shows each week, Uh, a couple of the podcasts we've, um, on to every couple of weeks here, uh, just temporarily. But uh, this show and, of course, uh, Motorsports Madness, which is our syndicated show on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, airs live on um, Performance Motorsports Network and Race Chaser Radio. Um, and uh, the Lead Lap Show, which airs Monday nights live at 7 Eastern, on Performance Motorsports Network and Race Chaser Radio. Uh, All of those shows continue weekly as always. And um, we're going to talk cup here because, of course, this is championship weekend. First time in years that we have not been uh, in Homestead, Miami, for the championship weekend. We're in Phoenix this year, and it makes it a whole different ballgame. Used to be that... Homestead was always kind of a neutral track because you only went there once a year. Phoenix now a track that almost everybody, I would think everybody in the championship four and all three divisions at this point um, is pretty familiar with, even if not in their current division uh, that they race in. So uh, this is going to be a very different looking championship weekend. And yet I feel like um, even more intense, smaller racetrack. One of those tracks where you can make some crazy moves, the restarts, insanity. You're going to see probably four and five wide. Um, It should be a lot of fun. Uh, The Cup Series, of course, uh, coming off of Martinsville on Sunday, a lot to unpack here. So we'll try to do it in the time that we have left. First of all, Chase Elliott getting the win, and Chase came in and had to win to get in. And here's the the obstacle that nearly tripped Chase was that one of his crew members, over-the-wall crew members, left early on a pit stop. In other words, jumped over the wall too soon. Um, and then, which would have been a penalty that would have necessitated Chase coming in to do a stop-and-go, would have probably killed his chances to win. However the crew member was smart enough to know that if he gets back and and resets himself and comes off the wall again, well, then there's no penalty as long as he doesn't touch the car. And so um, that's the rule. And he was able to reset himself, so it, it avoided a very costly penalty. And Chase, who had the fastest car all day, ends up winning. Ryan Blaney, a strong second place. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Kurt Busch. Rounding out the top five. And then Bowman, Almirola, Boyer, Kyle Busch, and um, DiBenedetto. I got to tell you, uh, the, the big story here, though, is Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick won nine races this year. You would have thought that there is no way that Kevin Harvick misses going to the championship four. Well, that's what you get for thinking. Here's what happened. Kevin Harvick got a flat tire early, got two laps down, got way behind. The car wasn't all that fast until after the halfway point. He struggled to get it back up to a strong finish, missed the cut by, I think it was two points. Um, it, it it was insanity. Uh, so the, the winningest driver on this year in Cup does not make it to the Final Four. Now, again, you know, people, a lot of talk on social media about that. But, you know, the fact of the matter is the system didn't let him down. The flat tire and not having a fast enough car let him down. He had three races in this round to accumulate just a few more points that would have put him over the top. Didn't do it. Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Brad Kozlowski and Denny Hamlin go to the final four and compete for a championship. You've got a pair of Penske cars. So you got two Fords, Chase Elliott Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports and Denny Hamlin for Joe Gibbs racing in Toyota. So you got two Fords, a Chevy and a Toyota in the final four. And I'm going to tell you that uh, if, if you want to see some aggressive racing at, at Phoenix, You're going to see it from these four. We all know what Joey Logano is willing to do to win a title. We've seen that before. Brad Keselowski, no less willing to do what he has to do. Neither is Denny Hamlin, and neither is Chase Elliott. And we've had issues between Hamlin and Elliott in the past. We've had issues between Logano and Hamlin, Logano and Elliott. And, you know, even Keselowski Uh, has gotten in the middle of of this mix a few times. So just going to tell you, keep your eye out tomorrow. Don't miss this Final Four. It is going to be a fantastic race. Uh, And that's going to close things up already for uh, another edition of the Inside Pass. Again, want to thank all of our um, sponsors and and all of the folks at WSIC for uh, being such great supporters of our Race Chaser Radio programming. So until Next week, for Randy Miller, who normally hosts the show and who will be back next week, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening. Enjoy Lenny Baticki's PRNs at the track. It is coming up next uh, here on the WSIC family of radio stations and WSIC-FM. So long.